0: morning again. Should be all right? Okay. Um, this morning I want to say you're welcome. Uh, now I echo this while you want to say Karibu. And if you remember, we'll be saying with Steve, Buona <laughs> Sifuiwe. Uh, how many of you remember Buona sefewe"? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Bon Sifuiwe means praise God. And um, this morning you're welcome. Um, Zach, I'm um, speaking to you and bringing God to her this morning. Um, and elderly lady, one said a young man came to her. And um, the young man had grown weary with the fight. And he wanted to know whether he should give up the fight. He said, i am be beaten every time. Said he, saying it quite sadly, I feel I must give up. Did you notice? She replied, smiling into this troubled face before. But when the Lord told his discouraged fishermen to cast their nets once again, it was right in the whole spot they had been fishing all night. and had caught nothing. Yeah, we all desire and want to live a happy life. We are more excited when God gives us answers to our prayer, and especially when our answer is a yes. But we, we are discouraged, and we give up on God when he gives us no response, or even when he gives us a no answer. To all of us, we even stop praying. We don't want to talk to him. We condemn him as a source of our misfortune. We refer God as one who doesn't care. To many of us, prayer is valid when there is a yes answer, but meaningless when there is no answer or a no response. Just like last week's sermon on the parable of the friend at midnight that focuses let us focus on prayer. In today's passage, Jesus talks to us and he especially tells his disciples this parable. Deciding to teach them on prayer. And not only prayer, but persistence in prayer. I invite you today to join me as we examine what God has installed for us. In this sermon I've said, persistent in prayer. Turn to the book of Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. The parable of the widow, persistent widow. Uh, in the vast verse of uh, this chapter, the aim of all the parable is leveled down. And the the intention of the aim is to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. So for us to understand this aim and translate it to our own lives, it's very important for us to understand the parable. And I'm beginning by um, speaking about the characters that are in the parable. So the first character is the unjust judge. Two is the persistent widow. And three, the just judge. So this parable is of a judicial nature. So there is a judge, the complainant, and the accused, who is not mentioned. We don't know who it is. So for us to understand this parable, I want to bring to all our attention how the court was set up during this time. So for your case to have been heard, you must be a man. Of class in the community. You must be so popular and influential, not just a man. You must have, women were not allowed to stand in the courts, so definitely you must be a man, not a woman. And more so, not a widow, because widows were considered as, as low class in the community. And number four, judges were surrounded by elites who would determine which case was to be had after having a bribe. So to say, the system here was unfair to many. It's only unless you qualified with all these four qualities that your case will be had. Let's begin by looking at the unjust judge. In verse number two and verse number four, verse number two talks about This he did not fear God and had no regard for man. That's what Jesus said. So we might think that's what Jesus brands him only. But in verse number four, he himself said, although I don't fear God and no respect to man. So this man had did not respect God. He had no respect for man. And so he tells us it would be very hard for him to listen to this widow. But at the end of the story, because of the persistence and the pressure from the lady, the widow, he offers an assistance. But looking at this judge, would all say today, he shouldn't have been a judge. He shouldn't be in the legal field. He didn't qualify. Why? When judges were elected and appointed during King Joseph's as a king, he said to them, consider what you are doing, for you do not judge for men, but for God, who is with you when you render judgment. 2 Chronicles 19, verse 6. So they were expected to administer justice without any favor. So these judges never feared God. It implies that he didn't honor the first commandment. That is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. By not having regards to men, he never honored the second commandment. Love yourself. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. So by not loving God, having no respect for God, It tells us that he lacked God's guidance that would have compelled him to do the right thing. This judge was so corrupt, all he cared for was himself. The persistent widow, verse number three. The Bible says she was persistent in prayer, in her request to the judge. So although this widow knew the legal system and how the society perceived her, that she was a woman, and being a woman, she shouldn't speak in the courts. She knew she was a widow, and being a widow, she had no husband to speak on her behalf. She knew she was a widow and prone to being taken advantage of. But more sadly, she was a widow. And being a widowed man, she didn't have money to bribe the judges or the elites in the courts. But an encouragement is she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection for my opponent. Verse number three. She didn't quit. She kept calling and saying, give me legal protection for my opponent. So despite when we've not been told what the whole accusation was all about, it's very clear to us that this widow had an unfair treatment from his opponent. She must have been suffering. But the Bible says, she kept going. She kept coming to him. And if the word kept going is to go by, then it must have been her everyday routine. When the judge was in the court, She was, saying, give me legal protection for my opponent. When the judge would go to the marketplaces, there she was. Give me legal protection for my opponent, even at his own place. She might have been there. Give me legal protection for my opponent. She constantly followed him, give me legal protection for my opponent. She didn't want any favor. No. All she wanted was justice. She wanted her burden to be lifted by the judge. She believed it's only the judge that will take the burden off from her. Verse number five talks about the result of our persistence. Sometimes we persist and you might not have had any result, but the result is here in persistence. Due to lots of pressure from, from the widow, the judge decides to grant her justice. But listen. On what basis? This is what the judge says. Just because this widow bothers me, funny, eh? He bothers me. Not that she has a good case. She bothers me. I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming... She will wear me out. In fact, the NIV says, she will kill me. <laughs> so he knew that this thing is going beyond, right? But the basis of his verdict is not based on giving justice, but taking the pressure from the lady that was being mounted on him. So when judges were given verdict, he shouldn't be to, rel- to relieve himself from any burden from the complainant? No. That would mean he's not a judge. Because the basis of giving a verdict is for justice, right? It's for justice. So this judge offers verdict to stop the lady from coming to him constantly. Look at the reason that the lady is given, the widow is given. Um, the, the, the verdict is being rendered to, to, to him, to her, sorry. So the widow' request is granted, not because she was so eloquent. In fact, I'm using my New American Standard Version that says, give me legal protection for my opponent." Only seven words. NIV is about six words and constantly saying the six or the seven words, whatever she was. She was not eloquent. She didn't have lots of things to say. Only the five words, the seven, the seven words. Our request is granted. Not because our case was so good. In fact, this just says, I have got no regard for men. So definitely, even if the case was so good, to be heard by any judge on earth, he didn't care. It would have compelled him because he cared less. He didn't want anything to do with any man. But the request is granted on one basis. Her persistence. The Bible says, she kept coming to him. Not one day, every day. We might have lost hope when we pray. We might have regarded God as one who doesn't care. But we've got a hope that is given to us in verse number eight and verse number eight, verse number seven and verse number eight. This is what the Bible says. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I soon the answer will be a no. I tell you, it will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? But as this tells us today, that God is a God of justice. In fact, justice is his nature. Whenever we are God, it's a God of justice, right? It's his will and desire that justice prevails. God is a God worth trusting for. Psalm 145, 17 says, The Lord is righteous in his ways and faithful in all he does. It's worth us putting our trust in him because he's a God of justice. Number two, not only is he a God of justice, he hears the prayers of his people. That's what the Bible says. He listens to the prayer of his elect who cry to him day and night. We belong to God. We've been called the children of God. John 1, verse 12. His ears are open to hear the prayers of his children. First John 5, verse 14 and 15 said so. We just read. That his ears are open to us. And whatever we ask of him, he gives to us. So no matter how long it takes for our prayer to be answered, God will answer our prayer because he listens and grants the wishes of his children. We don't only serve a God who is just and one who hears our prayer, but number three, it demands something unique from us even this morning. It demands that we must have faith in him. What's number eight section B says? However, when the Son of Man comes, we live in faith on the earth. It's a challenge for all of us today. Do we have faith in God? So faith is that hope that we will receive whatever we ask of Him, even if it takes a long time. Hebrews 11 says so. Faith is that assurance that whatever we hope for, we're going to receive. So when we stop praying, it implies that We've lost faith. So let's keep our faith in him until he comes. When Jesus talks about this parable, he doesn't relate God with a good man. No. An evil and just judge. One who didn't care of God or even men. The emphasis that God is bringing to us it's for us to understand that God is righteous. He's so just. The story of this judge is so corrupt. And so definitely his verdict is not based on anything good, but corruption. The Bible says, yet, this unjust judge ensured that he avenged for this widow. The question is, how much more will our just God do to his elect? So we we serve a God who is so kind and caring to us as his children. We don't have to pressure him or bribe him or flatter with him for him to answer our prayer. No. He listens to the prayers of his children. God has assured us that he hears our prayer. Every time we speak to him. It might be a challenge to all of us today, just like me. At times we give and we get tired praying when we don't have any answer. But we must have faith in God. That whatever we ask of him, he shall provide to us in accordance to his will. Our prayer life to encourage one old man, John Muller, George Muller, for his five friends. After many, 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 many months, the first one came to know the Lord. Ten years later, two more were converted. It took 25 years for the fourth man ...to be converted as a Christian. But Mullah did what? He kept praying... ...until his death... ...for his fifth friend... ...to be born again. So all for his... ...for these whole 52 years... ...he didn't quit. He kept bra- praying. His hope was... ...his friend will accept Christ... ...as Lord and Savior. You know what happened? His faith was rewarded... Soon after his death. Because after he died, after his funeral, the fifth friend came to know the Lord. So Jesus reminds us this morning and tells us we ought to pray and not lose heart. You might be praying for the sick ones and you don't hear any, any prayer. You might be praying for something that for a long, long, long time you might not have seen an answer. I wish to encourage you this morning. Don't grow weary. Because if you stop praying, our faith would wither. And our hope in God will go. So when the Son of Man comes, we will not be part of their life. And number two, and quite positive for us, we should not grow weary in prayer because God is not like the unjust judge. We have to have been bribed for him to hear a case and render a verdict. No. God is very close to us, disposed to us. This is what he says. He will surely bring about justice for his elect. Who pray to him, who cry to him day and night. So when we cry to God, he listens to us. I might not know what you've been praying for, the burden that you have within your heart or within your family. But I wish to encourage you this morning, be committed to prayer. I've seen God walking. I didn't share this in the previous two sermons, but I wish to tell you a story before I finish. When I finished high school as a young man, I one day went home, and my parents had separated themselves quite weird in our community back in Kenya and generally in Africa that you you never had anything and then your mom packs and says i'm going and so it happened in the morning when i was taking tea with my dad and i, I made a joke and told my dad where is your wife going to And he said, where is your mom going to? It took us a long time before we realized she had made her mind to go. For a long, long, long time, close to 10 years, we kept asking her to come home. But you know what happened? She came home, but very soon she passed away. We never got reunited and talk about the good times. But I remember one thing. We had people who prayed for us. And at that time, that's when I would say, I didn't want to talk to God. Sometimes you ask God, why did it happen? I should be building my own life. I ended up becoming and bringing after my siblings because my dad is a polygamist. So he went to the uh, second wife. And I was left alone as a mom and dad for my siblings. And for all those struggles, my pastor used to tell me, pray without ceasing. Why? Because God listens to the prayer of his faithful. When we speak to God, he listens to us. God wants us to be consistent in prayer. And you know the reason is why? Why? not because he wants us to speak to him just like any other man would. No, because prayer comforts us. Because we know God listens and he grants us the wishes of our hearts. May the Lord bless you.